morning, everybody. It's Friday, July 9th. I'm Charlie Fink with my friend Ted Schillitz, futurist at Viacom CBS. Um, you know me from my Forbes column. It's this week in XR. Uh, we took last week off because it was the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't a very deep news week, but we did bring forward a, a story uh, about it. But uh, Ted, how was your 4th of July? What did you do? It was good. I was down in Coronado Island. Uh, I did not bring my VR gear with me for the first time in a long time. We just we went surfing and boogie boarding and spent some beach time. Uh, before that, I was on a uh, exotic island in the Bahamas, and I did bring my VR and my Magic Leap stuff with me with some of the people we were uh, sort of working with and experimenting with some interesting stuff and put one of the, the staff on the island into VR for the first time, which was one of the most pleasurable experiences of my life to watch him literally lose his mind because you know these are folks that uh, don't have an easy touch to technology. It's pretty remote where we were. And it was kind of fascinating to watch him uh, go completely bonkers over this stuff. So that was the last few weeks of my life. So this week, I don't want to do the news in order because uh, just for entertainment value, I'm not going to go from the most prestigious to the... We're going to mix it up a little important. bit. We're going to mix it up a little bit because you mentioned Magic Leap. Yes, I did. <laughs> the two former Magic Leap engineers <laughs> in Israel, uh, I guess one of them was a VP, so fairly senior level people uh, from Magic Leap, and they've raised $27 million as a seed round. The company is called Multinarity. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all we know right so far they will not tell anybody what they do right is it a product is it software what is it nobody knows nobody knows not even nobody me knows. sometimes has a little bit of an inside Brody, track on these things i don't Brody know. did say on social media well they're not going to make much of a hardware device for 27 million dollars <laughs> that's 100 so, correct so well at least we'll remember them uh if nothing else um yeah. Yeah, wrote a story this week on Matterport. You know what's going on with Matterport? They well, they're first of all they're making money, right? Significantly making money. They're making over. They're going to make one hundred and thirty million dollars this year, and it is absolutely part of this broad, overreaching term of the metaverse and understanding how to capture objects and bring them. Yeah. Well, into their their story is right. They're capturing the interior world, right. or what they call the built universe, right. while Google and Apple are. Uh, capturing the external world right and but of course they have, doing the, um, they have an additional advantage because what they're doing is with the permission and and often Correct. the ownership of the property owners Correct. whereas you know niantic is running around scanning every place mm -hmm. but it's not totally clear that it's legal for them to use it yeah but they are they are living in the the spat world or the special purpose vehicle world for investment which is kind well, of fascinating yeah they're going I, I had to in writing my story about metaverse i had to learn what a spac was mm -hmm. so a special um, acquisition company goes public as just a pile of cash mm -hmm. so 600 million dollars of cash i go public as spac 600 and i'm publicly traded 600 million dollar pile of cash and i have 2 years to merge with a real company. Right. Welcome to the future uh, you know, of finance. <laughs> hello, Matterport. Matterport, you know, has, uh, is a real company. They've been around for a long time. They could go public. Uh, they've had, you know, consistent revenue now in the, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. So, you know, they're a great SPAC candidate. They'd also could have gone public, which I guess is just expensive and time consuming. Mm -hmm. and, and they would have had to do another round of funding 
to get there. So rather than take the normal two-year path, they're just, you know, did a SPAC in six months. Uh, they come into a tremendous amount of cash in this deal. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no way the company has anywhere near this kind of money on hand. So uh, it should change them into a PTC-like company with multiple lines of business. So, right. and, um, and as you know, Charlie, you know, like, it, it feels like one of my missions on the podcast is always to point out another smaller upstart company with much less financial capital right now that may be entering the space and doing something interesting and important. And there's a little group called Virtual Apartment. We could actually have the founder on as a guest one day. Uh, they are doing some really interesting stuff too with a fully robotic camera that moves around spaces mm. and then does a game engine overlay to add elements to it. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that company. So I really like what Matterport is doing. They've become very successful. And I think they've spawned a lot of interest in this space. So yeah. I'm always about finding these ones that are kind of next horizon that we talk about a lot on the show. Well, I mean, this whole of idea of capturing space rather than a flattened 2D version of it, I think is extremely compelling and, yeah. and uh, gonna be very transformative. Uh, although again, it's early, early. So, uh, but I just think that, that, that in the future, pictures are not gonna be flattened versions. Yeah, this is a belief structure that you and I have had for a long time, which is why I'm invested in volumetric capture technology and always thinking about what is beyond the plane that we live on today primarily, which is, of course, why we're interested in VR and MR as the output device. But the input of all that is, number one, starting to become big business now in the hundreds of millions of dollars and eventually billions of dollars. So we're studying how big these, these enterprise cases are, and they're quite robust. So uh, uh, Oso VR. Our friend yes. Justin Barad, I believe he has been on this show, mm -hmm. uh, has just raised 27 million, making his total haul 43 million. His goal uh, is nothing less than teaching surgeons how to operate on virtual patients. Correct. And, and it is driven, he's, a, he's an orthopedic surgeon. Well, he's actually, here's the great thing about Justin. He was a game designer who went to medical school. Yeah, fantastic, right, exactly. Right, so if there was anybody who was gonna see the flaws in medical education and come up with gamification to solve them, it was gonna be Justin. Right. And, uh, and he has pursued this vision relentlessly. I've known the guy for six years, right when he got started. I think that was one of my first Forbes stories was his seed round. And um, he's a very smart and passionate and personable guy. Um, you know, who personally uses the product, right? His complaint in, in medical school was, you know, this is freaking terrifying. I stand next to a guy for a couple of procedures and then he hands me the knife. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I mean, okay. I mean, I'm pretty observant, but... <laughs> yeah, but are you, you really know, ready to do that yet? Yeah. The statistics for his first 100 orthopedic surgery, her surgeries were not quite what they are right yeah. now. Yeah, sooner or later, when I went to have my dive hip, into the pool, right? So, right. When I went to have my hip replaced, the first thing I said to the guy was, how many of these have you done? He said, 5,000. Uh -huh. I said, okay, you're hired. Right. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, I think um, on this show, we mentioned a couple of times that I'm on the, the board of a very large cancer research center in, uh, in Florida called the Moffitt Center. And a big part of my discussions with them is simulations of all types, creating the use cases for how do we train and how do we even train patients to also, be ready surgery, to accept what's happening. Surgery simulation, when you say it to people, it's like, doesn't that already exist? Mm -hmm. 
not really not not really but it, it's happening and uh, so good good on us vr um justin barat i look forward to telling the story of him becoming a unicorn because i do think this is the sort of thing that you know it's going to happen and this you is a know. very important part of our future that yeah you know the relations and are going they to are doctors to do better. Yeah, I mean, and also there are so many tech companies in the medical field right now. I mean, there's another company called Fundamental Surgery. They give you haptic feedback when you're cutting open a virtual cadaver. So, I mean, this stuff is really happening and, and it's going to change medical education. Absolutely. For sure. So here's, before we get to our guest, I should have mentioned we have Mike Levine with us. Yeah. Happy Giant Games. We're going to be talking about the new Sam and Max VR game, but uh, before we get to that, probably the fun story of the July 4th weekend, although my wife calls it a nightmare, um, in the middle of my Instagram feed, what do I have on Saturday, but Mark Zuckerberg holding an American flag, barely, barely on keeping his balance on a hydrofoil mm -hmm. on some kind of a lake, and it's a tracking shot, so it's shot from a follow boat probably with his brohemes on there mm -hmm. and um it's shot from a follow boat and it's scored with john denver's you know take me home take me home country roads. Take, yeah. yeah west virginia yeah. mama yeah. take me home so uh, i have no idea what it means i just feel like mark zuckerberg reached out through instagram and he smacked me upside the head with every symbol he could find except for a bible <laughs> for for no apparent reason and I'm sure he has no idea what he what it means. Mm -hmm. I just thought he thought it was cool and it, it's iconic. And so, I, you know, Jane, my wife, is of course infuriated. She's like, "What really? the hell? The guy is doing this to us on Fourth of July weekend?" Yeah, you know, where literally nothing was happening except baseball games and hot dogs, <laughs> and he had to insert himself. Um, and so, I mean, the first thing I said was. Oh my God, Zuckerberg's running for freaking president. <laughs> well, it'll either be him or Jeff Bezos, right? <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Jeff Bezos, oh my God, there's this petition with 120,000 signatures encouraging him to stay in space, not to allow him back for more. Right. And then Richard Branson. Yeah, Richard Branson, their, their little micro space race they have going on. Not, to be, not to be left there. out of the, the uh, trifecta of billionaires behaving badly he pushed up his space so that bezos couldn't brag about being the first billionaire to send himself into space yeah it's we're we're, we're yuri yuri gregaric all over again i mean right? and also again for what purpose and who even cares right so well, I mean, we care enough to, to laugh about it and talk about it so it's so, clearly stimulating enough that mark uh, mark is you know the thing that's scary about mark is that he is so unheeding of unintended consequences even after everything that's happened yeah uh and you know by the way i mean west virginia i mean yeah it was a kind of a a red state kind of red meat kind of thing unless you think about the actual real life relationship of mark zuckerberg and west virginia sure. yeah which i'm pretty sure is not much of a thing so Anyway, with all of that said, I mean, you can only shake your head and say, oh, my God, this story just keeps getting better and better. And you could not make this shit up, Ted. 
Yeah, it's, uh, you know, welcome to the world that we live in now. Where, <laughs> so uh, from know, the ridiculous to the sublime, let's bring in our guest, uh, Mike Levine. We love him. We know him. Sam and Max is the game uh, of the moment coming out on Oculus Quest today. Mike Levine, we are so excited to have you here. As promised, our guest today is Michael Levine. He is the CEO and founder of Happy Giant Games, the publisher of Sam and Max. This time it's virtual, coming to the Quest today, and I guess PSVR and other platforms soon to follow. Congratulations, Mike. Yeah, congratulations, Michael. Way to go. Thank you. It's it's been a it's been a fun long haul. We're yeah, getting you at the end of at the yeah. end of your press day, right? You're just yeah. exhausted and talked out. Yes, I've talked to a lot of people and you're gonna the best for last. So but yeah, it's also coming it's coming out for Steam VR also first uh sometime this summer and then we've stated publicly PSVR early 2022, but we're we're trying our best to beat that. Well, you know, I love the game. I did not know Sam and Max as a PC game. I guess it is much beloved. Uh, and, and you guys know about it, but but it was new to me. I thought it was hilarious. The writing is terrific. It's consistently surprising. The art direction is fantastic. It's not a regular video game. So, you know, congrats on that. Congrats to the team for taking something that is so old and making it feel so fresh and new. Thanks. No, thanks. And we've read that in some reviews and it's really satisfying to hear that because we did sort of you know we didn't make a traditional vr game if there is such a thing we kind of we took a lot of risks and we wanted to make sure the old school sam and max fans loved it of course because if, if they didn't like it what did we have and but it was very new to them you know at the same time being in vr it's not a traditional sam and max game like they were used to but we were sort of omnipresent that a huge amount of VR users have never gonna hear heard of Sam and Max. And we wanted to make a game that was accessible to most people and kind of, you know, ramped up in intensity as as you went into it. That was our goal. Yeah, it's kind of adorable and lovable and, and sparky and fun in interesting ways. I'm I'm curious, uh, you know, as we compare the genres and compare the the different kind of work. If you're a fan of the Trover Saves the Universe VR game, if you have a chance to play that, because that's yeah. kind of like a, a close analog to what you're doing. So for people that are interested in that type of story-driven, but kitschy and fun and, and really kind of making fun of the genre at the same time. So yeah, uh, it was definitely one of the games we looked at at the beginning. And I mean, gameplay-wise, it's very different. And even the comedy yeah, it's different Marty Trover to is totally different, but it is... And when you step back and look at the, the VR landscape, it is similar to it in ways. Yeah. And like Job Simulator, like I read a review that said, this game is like Job Simulator or Vacation Simulator as an adventure game, which mm -hmm. I thought was pretty cool yeah. to say. And I'm friends with Alex uh, who, who started Job Simulator. And so that he was a big influence on us from the beginning and, mm -hmm. you know, I love Trover, but unlike Trover, we really wanted to make something that was native to VR. And that is a sacrifice because when you do that, it makes it a lot harder to bring it to flat platforms to Absolutely, people who yeah. don't have VR. And we really wanted to lean into what VR was good at. And the only way we saw to do that was, you know, to put you right in the middle of it all. Yeah, it's it's a really difficult task to take something that already has a beloved fan following in the 
two-dimensional console PC universe uh, and, and migrated into this three-dimensional immersive landscape, I would probably say, um, you know, maybe the, it'd be interesting to get your comments on this too. The most successful attempt at that that I've seen that I thought really actually achieved it was Superhot um, that migrated well um, from the understanding of what it meant to be here versus what it means to be here, you know, in a, in a surround universe so. i'd never played the 2d version so that's in, i did i don't even know i knew i think i did know it existed but i definitely think of it as a vr yeah title it and feels awkward. very vr i think yeah, it, it was a very obvious choice but it, but you know we charlie and i love talking to people that are off creating and building these worlds because we still feel like we're just at the very beginning of this journey you know that there's so much more coming uh and those that are out there at this stage of the game are really the pioneers still so like i mean like tell us tell us the story of the um vr experience and how it came to be yeah yeah right. sure. this famous franchise was this your idea somebody well, else's idea how how long did it take who put up the dough sure, sure. I mean, first of all, as you know, we've been in the XR space for a long time, mainly in AR, but we had done VR stuff before this. We brought our hollow grid game to the gear VR and we had worked with Oculus before. Um, fast forward, I'd lost a lot of faith, as you know, in mobile AR games, right? There was just no there there. After working with Niantic, pushing it as far as we could, sort of look and then you know honestly at AWE I think three years ago whatever I tried the quest one and I was really like and I was pretty I loved VR before that but the tether always bothered me and once I tried the quest I was like you were probably five feet away from me when I tried it but I was kind of like okay this is going to go mainstream now and we started to just feel you know seeing revenue happen we heard oculus was funding titles and we're like, okay, let's pitch them something. And somehow Sam and Max percolated to my head, probably because I have paintings of them around my office. And I'd always stayed in touch with Steve Purcell, the creator. And a lot of people don't know this or realize it, but it's the one sort of LucasArts IP from that era, you know, Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle, but it was the one LucasArts IP that, did, that LucasArts didn't own. It was a license deal. Steve is very independent like us. And, He's always maintained control. That's why Telltale were able to do their games. And so we were able to, I'd always been friends with Steve. Backing up, I, I worked on Hit the Road the, the 30 years ago. So this whole thing is pretty weird and, and crazy and fun, just working on an IP that I really was the first full game I worked on at LucasArts. Yeah, wow, that is great. Like coming home. Yeah. And, you know, what I did, I'm, I'm not taking remotely the credit. I went really back to the LucasArts formula. And luckily, I've stayed friends with a lot of these guys over the years. So I called Peter Chan, who's a dear friend of mine. And he's sort of a legendary concept artist who did all those games at LucasArts. And he just happened to have time. It was one of these things. Mike Stemley, who wrote Hit the Road and also worked on the Telltale games, he was available. And Steve also very you know he's very busy works at pixar but he was able to chime in a lot so anyways we did a demo early on we got a, a some funding from oculus and then we got co-funding from htc and others and had to put a lot of our own blood sweat and tears into it we yeah. definitely did not have a giant vr budget to make this this is definitely an indie game but 
we made something pretty big, you know, yeah. um, we, for the VR space, you know, I saw some people criticizing like, oh, well for a V, you know, a Sam and Max adventure game, which is 14 to 18 hours, uh, it's short, but for a VR game, most of them are two to three hours. We made something. How, how much is the game? $29.99. And it's about a four to six to seven hour experience, depending on how. Yeah, that's, that's plenty robust are. for VR. That's yeah. multiple sessions in VR, as far as I'm concerned. And, and, you know, we, and I personally, we looked at the VR landscape and there's a lot of great stuff, but like, we felt like there was something missing. There weren't a lot of games like Trover that had a story and that also kept, we wanted to play something that kept you guessing. Like that was the core of those old adventure games. Like there, every scene, it was just a new thing, a new challenge to overcome. And that was kind of at the core of what we built. We wanted to keep, you know, you, you play one part of it and it's like, you move, you move on to the next and it's just completely different. You know, you go from an obstacle course to bomb diffusing uh, an animatronic head of Thomas Edison. So. It's just all over the place. Did did Purcell write the script? Nope. Mike Stemley wrote the majority of it. I helped a little. Steve did help. I mean, he definitely contributed with lines and jokes, but Stemley was the the main writer. As, as he such a writer. such a good job of capturing the spirit of the franchise. He's incredible. And the banter yeah, he, of the characters. And usually, you know, the characters inside of a simulation addressing you is is beyond lame. Um, but somehow it's done with so much panache here that it works. Um, you know, it's just sort of like sheer, like energy and enthusiasm sweeps you along. Um, but, you know, it's very hard, hard to do that. I mean, they did it in Vader Immortal, but, you know, that's Darth Vader. Right. <laughs> so, Mike, I'm, I'm curious, uh, since you've been doing press all day and they probably asked a lot of the same questions, I'll try and ask a different question. What's next? What What are you thinking about now that you got this one out into the world? Oh boy, uh, sleep. No, um, <laughs> good answer. I mean, we have a lot of ideas ranging uh, in the XR space to out of it. Um, there's a lot of exciting things going on in games right now. Um, a lot's going to depend on. We'll see how well this game does sure. and how it's received. Um, we'd love to take some of the other. LucasArts IP into this mm -hmm. space. Um, if we did it again, we'd, we'd love to figure out a way that, you know, maybe it's easier to make VR and flat versions. Um, but as VR keeps growing, maybe that will be less of a need too. You know, right. I mean, we're, I'm hopeful of the future too. Well, you know, if, as, Apple, if Apple comes out with something that's gonna as, blow. As big as VR, as big as VR is, you know, it is still the beginning of the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, and so I look at Rec Room and what has caused Rec Room to really explode and become a unicorn is not VR, it's game consoles and mobile. And social fabric, right? And this social connection. But, but, but most of the users are, even the VR users are on game consoles. Right, are doing it in two. So I think that taking Sam and Max this time it's virtual onto those platforms uh, will bring a whole new life to the franchise. So I think it's great. Quest is great. Obviously, you know, we're here for the VR, yeah. but, but you got to go to where the people are, which is on mobile and console. Um, and I think they'll appreciate the 
you know, tremendous creative effort you guys have put forward on any platform. Uh, it's just good storytelling, larger than life characters. Uh, it's the things that people loved about the franchise all along. And, you know, of course you did it with, you know, uh, terrific, uh, you know, uh, different applications of VR to, you know, surprise us and challenge us. For me, it was just challenging enough because I'm not a gamer. Right, so here was a game that totally satisfied me. That could actually be bad news for you, Mike, if it totally satisfies Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's it was it's interesting reading the reviews, and it's interesting. Like, I think it's something that's different in the VR space than bigger games, if you think about it, right? Because, like in VR, the people reviewing these games, they really, for the most part, they're VR pros, right? They've been doing this right. for a few years, and a huge part of the VR audience right now. And we saw this in our external testing. They're really new to this, right? You know, and that's not necessarily true in normal gaming, right? Like people are reading reviews. They're gamers. They they play yeah. games. And there's it's closer relationship. So that gap is interesting. And yeah. like you know, like Tony Scarred Ghost, who I love, who did a great review on it, and I loved him, and he's so. And honest. so did Nathy. Nathy gave yeah. you a great review. Yeah. And that guy is that guy's a gamer's gamer. That's true. I was going to say like how Tony, like he said, like some things in it were simple to him, but he, he called himself out in the review and said, but you know what? I am like a VR pro. I've climbed a thousand walls in VR. So we're definitely are straddling that line where yeah. we wanted it to appeal to newbies, but yeah, it's not population one, you know, yeah, right. it's not, it's not that kind of a game. And I, and I read some, some press just today on the, on the news front, uh, about the, the very robust continued sales of Quest 2 that are hopping into very high millions now, to your point of, you know, those are not all super enthusiasts like you, me, and Charlie, uh, or people they, in the press could, or people they, working on they, stuff. They could sell 15 million of those yeah. things this year. This is starting to get into, you know, the 15 the, million the is it's funny. I think that sales of the Quest are actually affecting PlayStation. They're selling more of that. So, you know, they've, they've created a lot more interest around VR yeah. um, generally. So I, I think we could be in a position where we're sitting here next, this time next year, looking at 30 million headsets up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. And as we read, they've put a lot of money into that. Um, yes. So. It costs them a lot of money, but they make $20 billion a year. So yeah. they're not yeah, going to, they can it. afford it. They can Nine or 10,000 employees working on something. That's a significant amount of costing. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Michael, right, it's, it's the end of your day. I told you we wouldn't keep you that long. No, it's okay. Um, we've already oh. gone, you know, a tremendously long 15 minutes talking about um, surgical simulation and Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, I just have one more question before you yeah. go. Are you, are you as bullish as you have been on the mixed reality future, bringing these objects into a transparent or semi-transparent world and creating gameplay that way or has has your tone changed a little bit over the last I mean time? Tony I think I mean Tony I, I Charlie think I knows how I think about this I mean I'm as bullish as I ever was like when I walked into Magic Leap yeah you know eight years ago I'm as bullish as I am then here's the difference I've become much more realistic about the time frame me too and until we have a device Right. that's mass market that can deliver that to people that's when like i have the same problem with this whole conversation about the metaverse i mean just the form factor has not been settled yet and and until we you know start to be in that place it's really you're making like three or four steps ahead in the metaverse 
you know, when, you know, I think we're still, you know, at the beginning of the beginning. So I think no, the metaverse- totally. I was gonna go there, and yeah. It, it's real and it's important, but good gosh, it is early I, because it's not gonna be this. Correct. <laughs> I think those are very wise words from both of you that we can maybe uh, sort of just take to heart that yeah, exactly. a long road to the future. Meanwhile, Sam and Max, this time it's virtual, great VR today. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's 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 where we can leave it. I mean, yeah. Congratulations. If you, like, if you like games with story and variety, then and and comedy and clever comedy, then yeah, I, I think you should check this game out. Right. All right. From the producer himself. Thanks everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks we'll again, guys. Again soon. Thank you.